The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Have you ever wondered to yourself, what is God's purpose for my life? Now, maybe you're thinking as a spouse, you should be loving and caring. Maybe as a parent, to be supportive and help guide and direct your children. And as a child, to be obedient and to learn and to grow. Those are all good purposes. But maybe you see that you have a purpose also outside of your family. For example, as a, as a student, maybe you recognize that your purpose is to learn and to find out what your, your career path might be. Or as a worker, to be the, the best you can be in your career. Or as a citizen of the community or our country, maybe you wonder, what role should I play? What, what purpose does God have for me in those areas of my life. The question really, though, comes down to this. If you recognize what that role is, are you following it or are you fleeing from it? This month we're going to look at the small book of Jonah in the Old Testament. Now, most people, I'm sure, if you ask them, what do you know about Jonah? You would say, oh, oh, that was that guy that was swallowed by that big fish. But there's so much more to Jonah's life and his story as it's recorded for us in the scriptures. Jonah was trying to see what his purpose was, and, and God made it very clear to him. But Jonah was running from the Lord. And we're going to ask that question, too, as we go through that book. Am I running away from the Lord? But we'll get the encouragement that it's time to go back to God. Let me set the stage for you, so to speak, regarding Jonah. He was a prophet in the Old Testament about 780 years before Christ comes into the world. He was a prophet in the northern part of Israel. You see that circle there in the middle of the screen. He and his contemporaries like Isaiah, Hosea, Amos, and uh, Isaiah, well, they were all busy proclaiming what God wanted them to do to the people or say to the people of Israel. And that was to come back to God. You see, they had wandered away from God. They had created some alliances with their neighboring nations, and that had brought them great prosperity as a nation. But it left them in poverty with God. And so their mission, their purpose, was to call people back to God. That was a pretty easy command for, uh, for Jonah and the other prophets to follow. It was a simple command of go and preach the message to come back to God, or we would say, repent. And it was something they, they wanted to do because this was their fellow countrymen, the fellow people of God. And so they were faithful in proclaiming that message. But now, God comes to Jonah and gives him a new assignment. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. 
Now, you perhaps recall from the map, there we have Israel in the middle and, and Nineveh way far away. It was one of the capital cities of the Assyrian Empire. Nineveh was a very, very wicked and vile place. They were heathen. They worshipped many gods. They were violent. Not exactly a tourist attraction, especially for the Israelites. And now God tells Jonah he's supposed to go there. They had become so vile in their living that God couldn't stand it anymore. The, the words in the Hebrew could be translated that the stench of their sin rose up to God. God in the highest heaven, God in all of his glory, who hates sin, couldn't stand the smell of Nineveh. But he didn't call for fire and brimstone to come down on them like he did with Sodom and Gomorrah. No, instead, God demonstrates his faithful grace and is going to send them a prophet to call them back to the true God. It was a clear message that Jonah had to preach. Come back to God. The Lord has given us a clear purpose too. We're all familiar with the passage in Matthew. Go and make disciples of all nations. Now, disciples are not simply believers, but they are followers of God. God wants us to make people who are faithful in following him throughout their life. And he tells us how it should be done with baptizing and teaching. But it's interesting how he tells us to do that, that baptizing and that teaching. We're familiar with the passage where it says, go and make disciples. But the form of that word in the original Greek language really could be translated Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, as you are going about life, make disciples. And so that tells us then this, parents, spouses, students, employees, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, our purpose is to make disciples. Now, Jonah was given a clear assignment. Go and call those people in Nineveh Back to God. Let's see how he responded. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Jonah didn't like his assignment. He wanted to do something else, whatever, as long as he didn't have to go to Nineveh. And so as we see from this map, the way to Nineveh was following that red arrow off to the, off to the right, but he instead goes down to Joppa, which was a two or three day journey, takes out his wallet and gives him his credit card or cash and, and pays for a ticket to head all the way to Spain, hundreds of miles away. It's pretty clear that he was intent on disobeying God. 
fleeing, running away. It wasn't like it was just a quick knee-jerk reaction and something later he'd say, oh yeah, yeah, I need to go back and do that. No, for days, and with a commitment of laying out money, he was intent on running away from God. Can you imagine trying to get away from a God who is all-present, who is all-knowing, who is all-loving? But Jonah thought he could. Now the question might be, why? Why didn't he want to go to Nineveh? Some people say, well, it's because it was such a wicked place. He feared for his life. Might be. But later on in the book, we find out why. He didn't think the people deserved a second chance. That's clearly what God wants. But Jonah had something else in mind. At this point, let's just ask the simple question, do you know what your calling is from God? Sometimes people will refer to their, their career or whatever activity that they are involved in and really enjoy, and they say, well, that's my calling, to do this or that particular thing, because they really like it, they, they enjoy it, and they, they're just very passionate about it. Okay, that could be your calling. But we know also that God gave us very clear directions that our purpose, our calling is to make disciples. Whoever you are, whatever your career is, wherever you are, he wants us to make disciples. Are we following that purpose or fleeing from it? Jonah, no doubt, had a lot of excuses he probably offered. Oh, I just wouldn't do well up there in Nineveh. Uh, somebody else, I'm sure, could go and do just fine. Oh, I had other plans to take this trip. This is really going to mess it up. Some kind of excuses that maybe we offer, too. We might say, I don't know how to make disciples. Uh, that's not my job. That's the job of the preacher. But God has given that call, that purpose to all of us. It doesn't mean everybody teaches or preaches, but everybody has been given a gift some abilities, and some time to use to carry out that purpose that he has given to all of us to make disciples. If you're a parent, you make disciples in your home. If wherever you work, you make disciples by living and then sharing the message when it's appropriate. As a member of the church, we have all sorts of opportunities to serve and to support the ministries here. We have a purpose. That's our calling. Let's not run away from it. It's clear uh, Jonah was pretty inten inten intentional in wanting to flee from that purpose. But God is pretty intentional also, and his intentions always win out over ours. So let's see now how God acts to correct Jonah. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah, he had gone below deck. 
where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Isn't that interesting? Everybody else is panicking for their life. He just goes and takes a nap. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Sometimes God corrects us by intervening in the situation. Now we might think, why didn't God just say, oh, that darn Noah, Jonah, let him go. I'll find somebody else and get the job done. Because it was God's purpose to have Jonah do this work. And so he intervenes with a storm. Now, it wasn't odd for there to be a storm on the sea. But the scriptures tell us quite plainly that God sent this storm. In fact, the word that's used in the Hebrew is he hurled it down. That's how intentional God was to correct Jonah. But God was also interested in the lives of those sailors as well. They are panicking for their life. They are calling out to their gods, of course, to no avail, because there is no other God. God wants to reach them, too. And isn't it interesting that God would use a heathen captain to awaken the conscience, the sleeping conscience, of his prophet Jonah? Jonah later will admit that it was his fault that the storm came and that he was running from God. But let's see how that plays out. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? They're pressing Jonah for answers. And now Jonah recognizes God's hand to correct him. And now Jonah will make a confession. And so it is that God may intervene in our lives too, to wake us up, so to speak, to bring us to a point of confessing. Let's see what he does. He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Well, this terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? You see, they knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The Lord intervened to bring that confession out. And now he intervenes again. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, and so they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. In Jonah's confession, we hear clear admittance of his sin. But it was also a confession of faith. 
the God that he believed in. He gave testimony to the true God, the one who created all of this, the one who rules over all of this, and the one who forgives. Sometimes God will intervene into our lives and to events in the world in order to accomplish his purpose. It was clear how God was intervening here because he wanted to save people. Not just Jonah, but the sailors on that ship. And not just them, but even those people in Nineveh who despised God and wanted to live their own way. It's clear God was intervening to save souls. God intervened for us, too. God intervened in the events of this world when he sent his own son to come into this world to be our savior. To live for us, to live for everybody, a life that was sinless. So that God could take that record of sinlessness and give it to us by faith. His son came to take away the curse that was put on us because of our sin. He took that curse upon himself, putting himself under the wrath of God and suffered for our sins on Calvary so we won't suffer. And he intervened one more time to raise his son from the dead, to make, to make a declaration that we are forgiven and that we too will rise and live forever. That will be a message Jonah will give to the world. My God saves. Have you ever noticed God intervening in your life? Maybe to call you back to him, or maybe to call you to do something he wants you to do. You know, sometimes we have things happen in our life that we uh, refer to as kind of a wake-up call. Maybe there's something that happens with our health, or, or we hear about somebody else's health, and we say, oh, you know, I, I need to make some changes in my life and start eating better or exercising. Or, or students, when, when they look at their grades and say, oh, man, i got to turn this around. You get a wake-up call and, and know you have to work a little bit harder. So we're used to getting wake-up calls, but have you gotten one from God? If you have, let your response be one of confession of faith. To admit your sinfulness and your weakness and to come back to the Lord, the one who created all things, who rules over things in order to save you and recognize that he has given you faith in his son as your savior. Recognize that God is calling you back to him and to follow his will. And you'll see how God works. The evidence will be clear. There will be a turning around, a, a conversion. Let's see how it happened for Jonah. Now, instead of throwing Jonah overboard, first the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not. For the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. 
Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. And then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. When God intervenes, we see God at work. His work is to instill fear and faith. These men now feared God, but not fear that they were scared of him, but a fear that meant there was a respect and awe for him because they saw what he could do. And that gave them faith. They stopped worshiping and praying to their false gods. Now they worship the Lord. And you saw that name in all capital letters. They had heard that he is the faithful God of grace. They worship him. They offer some kind of sacrifice to him. And they vow to serve him. You no doubt have seen God at work in your life and maybe in the lives of others too. God simply works through his word to change our lives around, to give us that, that fear, that respect for him and faith. And then it's our turn to do our work, to commit to the calling that he has given us. Follow the Lord. Come back to him and follow him. Now, we don't know what kind of sacrifices those men made on that boat. But the Lord calls us to make our lives living sacrifices. That is, that all we do will be done to honor him. You recall from the scriptures how God often pictures his followers as sheep. He's the shepherd, and we are the sheep who follow. Now, what purpose do sheep have in life? Let's see, they aren't like guard dogs. You don't have guard sheep. <laughs> you don't use them to pull big wagons filled with heavy loads. Uh, you don't put a saddle on them and ride them like a horse. The purpose for sheep was to give their wool to serve others and eventually to give their life as a sacrifice in worship to God. And so God is calling us as sheep to give what we have to serve others, to carry out that purpose he has called us to, and ultimately to live our lives as sacrifices to worship him. Is it time for you to come back to God? Is God calling you to change your life? To come and to do something that he wants you to do? Simply listen to his voice. Follow the guiding, the opportunities, the doors he opens before you. Maybe it's time that you have to say no to some things so you can say yes to God things. Maybe it's time to help even though you have plenty of other things to do. Maybe it's time to choose inconvenience over convenience.
Maybe it's time to listen and to care rather than thinking of just yourself. Maybe it's time just to come back to God. Amen.